Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, I'm Whitney Port and this is With Wit. A lot of you may know me from reality TV and the reality is a lot's happened since the hills. With Wit is dedicated to having real, raw, and occasionally ridiculous conversations with the people who have had a profound impact on me. Life-changing moments, life-changing people. Because on With Wit, very little is off limits. Welcome to With Wit. I am so excited to share my interview with Silvana Ward-Duray. This conversation really came at the perfect time. I was having major anxiety right before recording this, struggling a lot with the idea of having a second child now that it's becoming more of a reality and all this spiraling of the what if and looking into the future. And it's been looming for years just because I've been dealing with the infertility for years and the toll it's taken on me and my mental health and just how much it's taken over my life has been real. Silvana also struggles with anxiety and before recording this had said she was super open to talking about it. So I felt immediately comfortable opening up to her and she was kind enough to talk all about it with me, about me, about her anxiety. She has three kids with a huge business. So it was really nice to hear that perspective. Someone being on the other side of it with three kids now really helped to hear. But Silvana is the co-founder and CEO of Masonette. Masonette is a modern day family brand built on trust, relevance, and inclusivity, a brand that connects with every kind of family. It provides an expertly curated marketplace featuring the best baby and children's products from around the globe. Stylish clothing, innovative toys, top gear, and home decor. Plus, expert-led content tailored to every stage of parenthood. In addition to talking about our shared struggle with anxiety and motherhood and being an entrepreneur, she provided some fun, wild stories from working at Vogue as Anna Wintour's assistant, the inspiration behind Maisonette, and what her day-to-day as a CEO looks like as a mom of three. Hope you love this as much as I loved recording it. Here is Silvana. Thank you so much for doing this. I'm so excited to chat with you. I'm so excited to chat with you. You understand like running a whole business and having a lot of responsibility and you obviously have three kids. I went through IVF, like I did the whole retrieval of eggs and we froze four embryos and we got the results last week and I haven't really talked about it yet, but I've had like three years, three to four years of like infertility issues. And now that the I have these embryos and there's like a plan, I'm just starting to get 
such major anxiety about like the second and getting pregnant and the work and exhaustion and overwhelming and like, why am I doing this? And it's just been three years of thinking nonstop about it. And now it's maybe going to happen. And I'm like, why am I even doing this? I feel so incredibly overwhelmed. And I feel like you with three kids probably, I mean, having gone through those first beginning phases, like what did you tell yourself during these times? You know, it's so funny that you say that because it's like, I, I think with the IVF process, like you have so much more time to process these things. Ugh, you're sort of yeah. like, you're all you're doing is thinking about it. And so I think like when you get pregnant, you're just sort of like, well, well I guess this is happening. Right. <laughs> and you're like, you sort of are like, all right, I'm, I'm, I gotta, I gotta like gear up. And, and I think then what I always tell people is the good news is you have nine months at least to get ready. Right. Right, So it's not like it's happening overnight. And there's a little bit of like, I feel like as women, we have like amnesia a little bit about like how hard it actually is every time you have a kid and, and you kind of need it. You kind of need to forget how hard it is in order to like procreate and keep (laughs) the world like (laughs) populated. (laughs) Um, but it's, it's like, so it's bad. It's amnesia. It's sort of like you're, you're, and I think once you get pregnant and it's actually happening, like it, it almost becomes easier because the anticipation is really, I think the most anxiety provoking. I'm really hoping that's what it is because I have like all of this anticipation anxiety and I'm just hoping I'm like, I don't want it to stop me from doing it. Cause I feel like it's obviously what I really want to do. Did you like being pregnant? I hated being pregnant all three times. Okay, good. So that makes me feel better. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not one of those people who are like, oh, my body. And I just look, take pictures. And I'm so beautiful when I'm pregnant. I'm like, I'm disgusting. It's like 10 minutes, 10 months out of my life. I'm ready. I'm like just waiting to become a human again after 10 months. Right. And like, how did your husband deal with that? Like what I'm dealing with right now is my husband's just like, this is making me not want to have a second kid. I know. Just like I know. you complaining and all this anxiety about it. Like how yeah. did your husband handle it? Look, I think, you know, I'm very transparent with my husband about all things. Like, And so he was just sort of like, all right, like we're, we're going to get through this. Like you're going to have moments. You're going to be... I know who you are when you're pregnant. It's not who you are normally. And like, I was just sort of like, you're going to have to deal with it. Like I, I become like antisocial. I don't want to do anything. I like basically get in bed at seven each night and I'm just yeah. like, but you know, he, he, I think Adam has had, my husband's name is Adam. He's had like a long, we've been together for over 20 years. And oh, wow. so like, he's seen all different sorts of sides of my <laughs> emotional roller coaster. And so he's, he's used to it. He knows kind of the, the triggers. He knows the ways to kind of give me my space and, or support me through, you know, the tough times. And he's yeah. also like a really good cheerleader. He's like, all right, like, let's, I know you don't want to do this, but let's go do this anyway. Cause you're going to feel better about yourself afterwards. And he's, he's generally right. So yeah, it's not easy. And it certainly is like a discussion throughout the pregnancy about like, he's like, can we please, can we at least watch a movie tonight? Can we just like do something? And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) I 
know. Like, so with Sunny, I was sick for like 18 weeks. I was never throwing up, but I was just like, you know, that disgusting feeling where like you have to keep your stomach full, but nothing sounds good. And you're so Uh depressed because you can't do anything and you feel like such a waste of life. And like your husband, I mean, for Timmy, like it's probably same with yours. Like they understand what you're going through and hopefully are mature enough to separate it. Like you said, like this is not what she's, who she is as a human being. But it made me feel, and even in the miscarriages, like I was still pregnant for like 10 weeks leading up to them. Like it made me feel like I was just a useless human being. And it just really affected my self-esteem. Like I could hardly do any work. I could could hardly show up for my son. Like, so did you ever have that? And like, what did you tell yourself? Yeah. Look, I think particularly with my third, you know, I was launching Maisonette. I was nine yeah. months pregnant and what, and like we were, we just renovated our house. Like there's so much mm. shit going on in my life. So much. And, and obviously like there's so much guilt, right? Even when you have one kid, like when you're taking yeah. time away from that one kid, did you work or anything like you feel guilt? And then it just compounds each, each kid each you time. have. <laughs> yeah. It just multiplies. Um, exactly. And so with the third, I, the third is really where like my, I had a real flare in my anxiety where mm-hmm. like I was pretty, you know, I'm a person who has had anxiety my whole life. So like I operate like on the low level of anxiety. Like I truly believe like people who, who kind of operate that way are, are successful people because it like urges you to do things. And it's like yes. you're constantly in motion and like you're a doer as a result. Yes. yes. But then like you have these flares that are the things that are kind of more invasive, more, you know, difficult to sort of like, to, to like, get your day done type moments in your life. And I right. think those are generally triggered by things like having a baby or getting married. They feel like such huge decisions. Yeah. 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 But I, I would say that like the way I got through it was like, for me, it's like the mantra of like, this is temporary. This is yeah. all like, all of it is temporary. Mm-hmm. You will get through this. You will mm-hmm. never regret having a baby. Right. Yeah. Like, even Everyone in your like, darkest moments, yes. please be honest with me. Like even in totally. your darkest moments of like stress and anxiety and like, how am I going to do this? I mean, cause I, I say that to myself now, like just with one, like I never would regret however, ever, even no, in my no, moments no. of stress, but like, I'm like with two or three, I mean, you can be honest with me. <laughs> yeah. No, but no, it sounds like, no, moments where like, I can't, I mean, I had a moment when my daughter was my, my third was six months old. And I was like, I can't do this. Like I literally froze. I had a panic attack. Yeah. I like handed the baby to my husband and I was like, I, yeah, I'm tapping out. Yeah. And he was like, okay, this is happening. Like, let's call the baby nurse or someone. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But literally there are moments where you're like, I am so overwhelmed by this. I am only one human uh-huh. I can't, I can't do all of it. I just right. physically can't do it. And like, that is, that's like important signaling from your body, right? Like that's a moment where you're like, all right, you t- need to take a step back. You need to relax. Right. You need to like logistically get things in order so that you can, you know, move through this day. But for me, it's always been about the mantra of like, of this is temporary. We will get through this no matter what you will, you will, you will survive this. Right. And then, <laughs> and then really just, you know, for me, it's always been like having that person in your life, whether it's your therapist or your husband or a family member that you can just in those dark moments, you can go and be like, I'm, ha- I'm do I need to talk this out. Like for me, yeah. it's really about talking through it and 
rationalizing it and understand having empathy for the fact that like you're not the only one everyone has these feelings like this is not this does not make you other or abnormal or whatever however you want right to right right I think that's really important because like I feel like my Timmy used to be that person that I would just go unload on and I, mm-hmm. and I feel like yes that there's a time and a place for that with your husband of course but like it's not necessarily always fair to do that to your husband and it puts oh, them yeah. in an uncomfortable position so yeah, I have that one person too. It can't even really be my therapist. Like I'll go, I have therapy today at two. And actually I do have that one person who it's really important to have that one person who also doesn't make it about themselves. Like I yeah. know that sounds really selfish, but like it is really important. And like, I try to be that way for other people too. Whenever someone's coming to me with advice, like I really try to not insert myself in there. Like this is how I dealt with it or whatever, yeah. because yeah, I think it's important just to have someone to help validate your feelings. Yeah. And somebody who like, who's, who for me, like for sure, but for somebody who's like, who has done it, or has gone through it or has understand it. Like anxiety is a really hard thing for people to understand when they don't have that particular iteration. You know what I mean? It's like, it's really hard for people to understand panic attacks when like you haven't had one. With motherhood and running a company, like what kind of anxieties now with three children do you feel? You know, there's, there's a bit of like, I'm half-assing everything in my life, right? right? There's this like, Every I'm day. half-assing my kids. I'm half-assing yes. my job because I'm trying to do every, a little bit of everything. Right. And then I feel like I'm not doing anything well. Right. It's right. Like, and I think a lot of that again is like, and a lot of things that I talk about in therapy is just like the empathy that you need to have for yourself. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. idea that like with three children, you don't need to give them with, with multiple children, no matter how many you have, it's not about giving them all of your time, right? It's mm-hmm. about giving them the time they need when they need it. And they all right. need it at different times. Right. And so that has really helped me because, you know, when my kids are going through different things, it's true. It's like, they are, they do it. It's, it's, it's bizarre, but they don't always happen at the same time. So it's sort right. of like, I'm like, oh, I'm always like my 10 year old, he's my easiest. He's so great. It's my seven year old. That's tough right now. And then like literally a month later, I'm like, oh shit. Like I'm now my 10 year old is having sleep problems. And like, how do I deal with right. like, right. Then you shift, you just, you're constantly shifting and like that has to be okay. And, yes. and it, it, it's just, it's impossible to be in, in more than one place at one time and to be there for three children at the same time. And so you, you have to give yourself that, that allowance. And on the job front, like, I think, you know, I'm obviously, I'm, I'm really like cognizant of, am I leaving the office too early? Are people going to think that I'm not dedicated enough because I'm picking my kid up from school or I'm doing right. this? And, and I think the, the beauty of Maisonette has been that, you know, this is a business I created about families, right? Like, so like the, the, the core value and one of the biggest tenets in our company is family matters. And like, that's because I want everyone in this company to feel like that is never a problem. Like you can right. always go do those things because I inherently believe that you are a happier, better worker if you are happy at home and your your family's taken care of and you feel like you're, you know, you're doing the right things for your family at the same time. And so of course, now that I'm the founder of this business, that, that it helps a little bit, 
but it's still there. I mean, it's just, of course it's never going to leave, you know? Right. And like, why are we always so concerned about what everybody thinks of us? I mean, yes, it is like, it's because for you and your business, you respect everyone and you're a leader. And so your actions are very important, but it is also important to remember for yourself, like, and for the rest of your team, like no one knows what happens behind closed doors. Family comes first. And like, we're just going to understand and support that with having three kids. Like, do you go into the office every day? Are all three of your kids in school, by the way, at this point? All three of my kids are in school. And then how old is your third? 10, seven and one, four. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. I do know the answer to that. She's going to be in kindergarten next year. So she's in pre-K right now. And, um, so that's great, right? Like, like, like during the day when they're gone, I'm like, okay, I have six hours to like really focus on work. And that's been really, that's that like time put aside for work is really helpful to have, right? Like I can't actually be doing anything else with them. And so that's great. But I do like, I am very intentional about like, I come, I'm home at five, uh-huh. Or five fifteen or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like my last meetings at four, you know, whatever, whatever. Whenever that ends, I'm home, and then those. That's my time with my kids. Like I'm watching them eat because they still eat at like five p.m. and I'm hanging with them. And then like at seven seven thirty, I'm I'm back online and and like I can do things then. But like I do, I am like that's that's my time. Like that's yeah. the time in my day where I'm with them. So, but like at seven p.m you're like ready to go back online and do work after a whole day? It's more that at seven, they watch a show. Yeah. (laughs) And they don't go to bed till eight. Even my four-year-old, I'm like, I'm not doing this different bedtime thing. This is, that's for the birds. Like, I'm not going to go put each of you to bed at separate times because that's hell on earth. Yeah. Bedtime is hell on earth. So from seven to eight, they watch a show and I can do like emails or I can do last minute stuff before bedtime starts at eight. And then like that can last anywhere between like on a good night, like a half hour and on a bad night, like two hours. I always think, you know, when I have the second, maybe by the time they're three or four, that's when things will start getting a little bit easier because like they're out of diapers and they're listening. And, you know, I'm like just waiting for that point. Did that feel like a marked moment for you or does it feel like it's just consistently difficult? Well, by the way, I was going to say, Sonny's going to be five, right? Yeah, he's going to be five in July. Yeah. So you're going to have, so my oldest was five when my youngest was born and he was like a different child. Right. So he could help. Like he could, yeah. not that I really like asked him to, but in right, the like sense of like babysitting, <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. but, but he's like, but he's just like in a different place in his life than my mm-hmm. three-year-old was at the mm-hmm. time, which was more challenging. I had, you know, yeah. she was, she was still a baby, right? She yes. wanted to be babied and all those things. He was sort of like, all right, I'm like, I can, I can sort of deal. So that'll be, that'll be really helpful for you to have that. Yes. My sister yes. and I are five years apart, by the way, and are so close. And I think it's like the perfect age gap, five years. And what was it like growing up, like with her not being in high school with her or whatever? Did it make a difference? It totally, I, I mean, we were so close. And so when she went away to college, you know, like I would call her and she was like my, my rock. Like I'd call her about boys. I'd call her about school. I'd call her about my parents. I'd call her about everything. Yeah. And like at that time, it was so helpful to have a a true big, big brother, big sister type. Mm -hmm. And then as you get older, like that age difference, like melts away. And now a word from one of our brand partners. 
I've said in the past, these ad breaks have to happen. It's because of ads that everyone who helps me bring these episodes to life get paid. Producers, editors, everyone. And they should because they work really hard and they do such an amazing job. I'm so appreciative. So as always, thank you for your patience while I share great brands with you. I handpick these and I especially love when brands give back. So now I'm going to give a major shout out to Macy's, a brand that is doing such wonderful things doing just that, giving back. Fashion, as you probably know, is one of the most pollutive industries. We have to wear clothes and realistically, it is just going to take some time for the industry to get on the same page with changes in production that need to be made. But for now, it's a great time to find brands that make a positive impact on the earth. And Macy's is actually making moves to help people and the planet thrive together for a brighter future. Join Macy's in celebrating Earth Month by supporting the Community Schoolyards Project, whose mission is to transform underused blacktop playgrounds into beautiful green spaces. Just round up your next in-store purchase or donate online to the Trust for Public Land. Shop sustainable products and learn more from clean beauty business owners at macy's.com slash purpose. As you know, if you're one of my avid listeners, I worked with Havenly to redesign my home office. They are amazing and I love what they're doing. Havenly is the number one online interior design service that makes it easy to create the home you love. Right now, there is an exclusive offer to design your first room for only $99 with promo code WITHWIT at havenly.com. Can you imagine designing a whole room for $99 or hiring an interior designer for that much? I honestly cannot recommend the experience more. The process was so easy and convenient. First, you take an online style quiz to figure out what your vibe and aesthetic is for your room. You get the opportunity to share specific inspiration, needs, and budget before you get matched with a designer. And then Havenly recommends a list of designers based on your inspo. You'll work one-on-one with them to create a design for your room, incorporating new pieces along with ones you already love and have. I kept my desk, so they sent me concepts built around that based on the size and the budget I provided. And in the end, I had a whole new room to shop directly from Havenly. Like I got a new lamp. I got my chair. I got some pictures above my desk. I got a really pretty pot that I put a plant next to it. They package everything for you. It's the best. They handle ordering, shipping, and delivery logistics so you can sit back and relax. Visit havenly.com and use code WITHWIT at checkout to design your first room for only $99. Now back to the episode. Let's talk about Maisonette. It is such a wonderful, wonderful place to shop. It's so beautifully curated. Thank you. Before you even got into that, though, tell us a little bit about your career, because I know you have an interesting start. Mm -hmm. And then what brought you to want to just like develop this whole thing? Yeah, yeah. No, I was at Vogue magazine for ever. <laughs> I was there. I, I started as Anna's assistant right out of college. And I was at Vogue for, I think in the end, like seven, 16 or 17 years. Oh my God. Were you um, there when we were filming? Yes. I was in LA. Oh my God. Stop. So love, who's like my love of my life. I love her so much. I love her um, so much. Yeah. But so I remember, cause I'd come to LA a lot, but the t- I think when we were filming Team Vogue, you guys were, I can't remember what year it was. What year was that? 2005-ish or 2006. Okay. So I would come to LA all the time with Anna when she would go out there for events or whatever. 
Yeah. And so you guys were filming and I remember you guys in the office and like this, like staging all the, the closet stuff and like, yeah, you probably had to stage it. Like you probably had to make it look like what a Vogue closet would look like. And then we were just told to like reorganize and color code so everything. It was so funny. But yeah, no, I grew up watching that show. It's so funny. You did? Um, so great. It was like my, literally, it was like my keeping up with the Kardashians. It was like that, like, that, like amazing time where you just like you and nobody else was telling you what to watch and you could just like sit there and veg for hours. So what was it like working at Vogue? Like any call out stories or anything that would be interesting to our listeners? Oh my God. There's so many, there's so many good stories, especially when I was an assistant. I almost killed Anna's dog the first week I started working. (laughs) I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. Sorry, not to laugh, but oh my God, that is crazy. But I, because I was like, I was a new assistant and like, so, you know, everyone has heard the story about like, she gets the book every night to take home and to look at all the pages. And so she had asked me to to put the dog out, you know, as I was leaving. And so in my mind, put the dog out means like, put the dog out, like just leave the dog out. Oh um, my God. Like on this, like on, like in a, ba- on no, a balcony she had like or like a, on the she street. Had a, she has a townhouse. So she had like a, a, a garden. Like a right? little, bar- yeah, 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 yeah. And so I figured like she was going to bring the dog back in, but she was not staying at her house. That I think she was out of town. I don't, I, I figured somebody <laughs> was coming to bring the dog back in. Oh and so God. in the morning I got a call at 5am from her and she's like, Silvana, where's Sandy? <laughs> the dog's name. And I was like, what do you mean? I, put Sandy out. She's like, and I'm not kidding you. This is not just to make the story better. It snowed yeah. like four feet that night, like four oh, feet in New York my city. God. And I'm like envisioning this dog, like rigor mortis on his back, <laughs> like, like fully <laughs> corpse. Oh my God. Like that dog and something about Mary. Who gets yes. Yes. Oh my yes. God. And oh my I was, God. and she like, she like didn't even have time to like scold me she just like hung up the phone and I was like I'm calling all the housekeepers and I'm like oh, is Sandy alive can someone please find Sandy like and apparently a neighbor had taken her in parking, and she just, just was alive so oh my god but you didn't get fired after that I did not get she actually came in and started laughing at me she was like <laughs> <laughs> anyway there's a lot yeah of I'm and sure then- I'm sure and like obviously producing the Met Gal too, which was a whole amazing thing. Did you have a position at Vogue after working with Anna Wintour? Yeah. So I went from her assistant to like, a, I was an accessories editor. So like bags and shoes were my market. And then she asked me to oversee events, which was like a total departure. I was kind of like, okay, I thought I was going to be a fashion editor my whole life. Right. And that's really what like got me started. Well, that got me started on kind of more of the business track at Vogue where, you know, I was really in charge of raising all of the money we needed to do almost all of the initiatives she wanted to do because there, w- there weren't big budgets. And, you know, we had to raise money to do the Met Gala oh, and to right. do all of her. She had so, she's such a visionary. She, you know, the CFD of Vogue Fashion Fund, all these things that she wanted to start to help designers effectively right, right. needed funding. So I sort of developed all these relationships, you know, with a bunch of big corporations and with, you know, you know, obviously a network of, of donors in, around the world. And so mm-hmm. I realized I was pretty good at that. And so, you know, after being, I think I, I, I took that job in 2009 and then I left in 2016. So I had my babies. I was, you know, I had two babies. I was pregnant with my third, or no, I wasn't even pregnant with my third, but I was 
truly talking to my co-founder who also worked with me at Vogue. And she had left Vogue a few, few years before I did. And, and we had always sort of talked about doing something after Vogue. And mm-hmm. I was complaining, we were complaining to each other about how hard it was to shop for our kids online. I was like, I literally yeah. am up at 3 a.m. with like 45 windows open because I'm shopping for like shoes on Zappos and like right. bedding on Spring and Lily. And like, I'm at crew cuts and I'm I'm like, and where do I go for, you know? And it was just like, this is so stupid. This is yeah. such a stupid experience. Every, like, if you think about everything in your adult life, like if, whether it's like your clothing or your groceries or your dog, right? Like there's a, there's some sort of centralized online destination that makes it super easy to get the things in that category. Right. That are multi-brand, right? but that, exactly. but, but that aren't there. It may be easy, but they're not always like fabulously curated like yours. Right. You know, like I could go on to Amazon and probably find what whatever I want for Sunny, but I'm never going to find the product that you have on your site for Sunny, you know? Exactly, exactly. And so like that was sort of it. We were like, this market is exploding and there's all this cute stuff for kids, not only just clothes, but across every category. Right. You, you're spending like hours on Instagram, like trying to find this like one Australian designer who, by the way, can't ship to you in the US. And like, right. Or you have to pay like $200 exactly. to get like a $30 cute outfit or something, <laughs> whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. we had that. I had, we had that moment where we were like, let's just do this. And why doesn't this exist? How does this not exist already? And then like in doing kind of like the diligence, we realized this was like a massive industry. It was growing really quickly. There really wasn't anyone innovating in the children's space. Like if you mm-hmm. think about the space, it's like the children's place, Carter's, like there's no big brands that are no. that are really taking control of the market. And so we we saw an opportunity and we we're like, let's let's do this and like let's make this a big ass company. <laughs> um, but make it really cool, right? And but really I guess cur- you had, yeah. I mean, I guess you had all that experience from raising the money. The first step for me is almost the most daunting. Like I sometimes feel like I have all these ideas, but it's like at the in the grand scheme of things, okay, now I just need a whole ton of money and like someone uh-huh. to help me to help me staff a team and tell me where to spend the money. Did you feel like you kind of knew how to do that? And that's why it was easier for you to start it? Look, it's always something, no matter what. It's always yeah. like, I felt like I could raise the money. I just, I had no idea how to start. Like I was, in, I was in your position where I'm like, okay, how do I get from A to B? And so- Like once you, know, you have the money, it's like, where is the most important place to put it? And like, 100%. who's the first How do you hire? start a business? Yeah. Yeah, like, exactly. Who's your most important hire? Like how do you, right. how do you get incorporated in Delaware? Like all of these things that are, you know, that are like part of starting a business that like you yeah. have, you literally are totally blind to when you're starting a business unless you've done it before. So you, you rely a ton on, on relationships on people who have done it before, but you know, raising money was helpful, but like, to your point, like you, you kind of got to, it's like business school 101 and you go through it instead of going to school, you just literally live it. And you talk to people like me, honestly, Whitney, and like, there's many of whom I'm sure you, I'm sure your network is, 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 is deep as well, but you just mm-hmm. talk to people and you, you just kind of put the puzzle pieces together. I know. Um, I need to just be better about doing that. Like I need to just motivate myself to actually have the conversations. Cause I always feel just like I'm a bad salesperson for myself and I never want to like, I, I also have a fear of rejection, you know? Oh, so yeah. <laughs> we all do. We all we do. All, yeah. And by the way, you get rejected all because I'm going oh. through at yeah. my latest funding round. And it's just like, you have to be so resilient. It's like being, I, I liken it to being an actress. 
and mm. like just getting like not, not getting any job. You're <laughs> just like going up for this ro- these roles and like finally all you need is one, right? Yeah, you should more you should more think of it about like that you're all going up for an Oscar and that you're all amazing. Yes. You're all amazing yeah. in your own right, but only one maybe gets an Oscar and that's totally yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. But no, it's true. It, it is a daunting thing. But I felt like even with I started line Whitney Eve so long ago when I was doing mm-hmm. the TV show, it was like really the reason why I wanted to do the TV show was to be able yeah. to have my own brand and right. think beyond the show. And I had no I had no actual like schooling or fashion experience or education. And I was just like, oh, I'll just figure it out as I go. And it was one of those things where I mean, I, I launched in 2008 and timing wise, it wasn't the right time and the right product. Yeah, and like right. e-com was different and there was no social. And had I launched something, ha- had I been on a TV show now, you know, it's all about timing and whatnot. But, 100%. Um, but I did go into it like, okay, I'm just going to learn as I go and that's okay. And I feel like yeah. for you, you saying it's so important to just be prepared and be ready for the no's because they're just like inevitable, right? Yeah. And you just, you yeah. have to want it, right? There's a yeah. few things. The first is like you take it a day at a time because it's, otherwise it's just too daunting to think about kind right. of like where I am today versus where I was, you know, in 2016 when I was thinking about it is shocking. Like I can't, I wouldn't have been able to fathom that process. But, you know, what I could do is like, all right, who do I talk to about a business plan? Who do I talk to about, you know, the right VCs to go to? Do I go to VCs or is it just angels? Like, who do I talk to? All of those, those were, those were like, you know, measurable steps I could take every day and like put a timeline together and like figure out where I needed to be by X, Y, Z. Those are all things you can do. And then it all kind of comes together and you learn in the process and, you'll figure, you figure it out. You just, you, if you want it badly enough, you will figure it out. Um, and, and if you want it badly enough, you won't allow the rejection to stop you because there's right. so much, <laughs> there's so many reasons daily to not do it. Right. It's right. like, there's so many people telling, you, no, there's so many people telling you it's going to be too hard and you have to just have that resolve that yes. you, you know, it's going to happen. And now a quick break. I have to tell you about Magic Mind. It is a magical elixir that makes you focus better on your work, be more creative, and drink less coffee. Another great sponsor of this episode that I'm so excited to work with. So the world's first productivity drink, a mix of 12 functional ingredients, including matcha, nootropics that make you focus, and adaptogens that help you fight off stress. Unlike energy drinks, Magic Mind contains minimal caffeine, all of which comes from the matcha tea, Supernatural, created to be taken daily for a sharper mind, steady energy, immune support, and less stress. As you know, I can procrastinate. I honestly have just noticed such a difference since drinking these when I actually sit at my computer and sip on one. You can drink one a day, sip like regular coffee, chug like a shot, or turned into a delicious matcha latte with your milk of choice, probably the last being the tastiest. So I'll either sit down and sip on it while I'm working, or I'll have one like 15 to 30 minutes before a workout, or 15 to 30 minutes before sitting down to get work done just to be really, really productive. And if you're like me and want some help with focus, I have a special offer for you. All you have to do is go to magicmind.co slash wit. That's M-A-G-I-C-M-I-N-D dot C-O slash W-H-I-T and use my discount code wit 
W-H-I-T at checkout to get a limited 20% off your first order. That's magicmind.co and code WIT for 20% off your first order. Now back to the episode. What does like a day look like at work? Like I'm sure they all look very different, but what does going into work look like? And like, who are the people that you're kind of interfacing with each day? Yeah. So, you know, my day starts with like a very early morning with my kids because most of them end up in my bed. And so it's like, you know, it's really fun. Yeah. But in any case, we wake up, we we do breakfast. I usually have, I'm like, I'm blessed to have my nanny who like is such a like whiz at getting my kids dressed so that I can, my husband and I can go get dressed for work at the same time. And then either one of us will walk them or if I have a meeting, I'll come straight to the office. And actually we're only like, we're, we're pretty remote. We have an office, but we're, you know, the, the idea is like three days a week because, you know, post pandemic, I think we're, everyone's now used to this new cadence, which I think is so much healthier anyway. A hundred percent. So I'd say I'm in the office about two or three days a week. I'm truly in meetings back to back. It's, you know, my executive team. So all of my kind of chiefs I meet with daily and I'm trying right now, my focus is really like 60% on fundraising, probably 20% on hiring. That's a big piece of my job right now. It's just, we're, we're growing quickly and just hiring the right people. And then, you know, managing the team that's here and right. making sure we're, we're hitting gold and making money and all of those fun things. So of course. Well, first of all, tell everybody what Maisonette is, even though we've yeah. said it's like a multi-brand, multi-product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're a, yeah, we're yeah. a curated marketplace, which means for children's products so and across all categories. So apparel, accessories, home decor, home furniture, toys, gear. Um, we've just expanded in some maternity and teen beauty and wellness, pet, like basically, you know, what we aim to be is, is the, is the trusted brand for the modern family, which I think doesn't exist right now. Right. You have a ton of kind of overwhelming content out there, right? Like Mm -hmm. there's so much product. There's so many people telling you what to do, but no one knows who to trust. And I think when you have children and you're navigating parenting, it's really important to have a brand that you trust Mm-hmm. for the answers. And so we've really worked hard to become that trusted brand so that you, you know, that you, that you feel like when you go to our site, we vetted everything. We've, we have this barometer that is sort of our stamp of approval of whether it's, you know, a $10,000 crib or a $10 t-shirt, like it's, it's vetted by us. And therefore like you, sh- you, you, you can rest safe knowing that like we've, we've done the work for you. And I think, you know, our, as you said, we're curated, we're curated. So you get sort of the best of the best. We've gone through sort of all of, all of the goodness and given you the best things, both from a quality perspective, a price perspective, a value perspective, all of those things. And then we marry it with content, right? So it's, I, I, I liken our content very much to kind of this podcast. Like it's very real. It's not precious. It's not like everything is sunshine and roses, you know, like that's just not the reality. And we talk about hard topics and we, and we like elevate those people talking about hard topics. And, you know, I think that sort of distinguishes us in this category where like a lot of it is like pink is for girl and blue is for boy and yay. You know, right. or, so or much... that it's just all shopping. Like a lot yeah. of, I, I'm looking at your Instagram page right now and you would think that your page would be just, I mean, there's obviously the view shop, but you think your page would be filled with just like product. And actually it's the feed is more meaningful quotes and questions yeah. and thoughts to get you. Yeah. yeah to make you. And a lot on, a, a lot on, yeah. on parenting and on mothers and 
and all of, I mean, it's just, it's so nuanced and it's so different for everyone. And so like, we also just want to be inclusive to everyone, right? Like this, this modern family isn't just about mom and dad anymore. It's right. about all types of families. And so making sure everyone feels like they're seen on our site has been super important. But I think our aim to your earlier question is to really become the brand that matters in this space, right? I think there hasn't been a brand like that in the space since Disney. And that's those, that's our aspiration. We want to be like the, the name Maisonette will be synonymous with the children's market in five to 10 years. That is our goal to just mm-hmm. be that place, that trusted resource, that household name that you think about when you think about your kids yes. and about raising children and about parenting. So on the site, do you, is there product available for all socioeconomic like yes. ranges? Yes. yes. A big piece of our scaling and our expansion has been really getting those entry-level price points to our customer. Not only to, to just be able to offer that to all to all demographics, but to if you think about kind of the way everyone shops, it's it's high low, right? You're willing to you're willing to invest in some pieces for like a holiday photo or a baptism or whatever it is. But uh, you know, we're not uh, most people aren't interested in buying like a three hundred dollar legging for your kid because they run into things and they it it tears in five seconds right or yeah or they've grown out of it in a month that's I think the hard part with children's clothes and like the investing in it but you're right like the special pieces you want to what sells best on your site we sell girls dresses literally all day long all that yeah I mean you know girl it's just a pretty girl's dress is so it's just like our bread and butter and we have so many options and so many price points Easter is a big holiday for us people love to, to sort of like get Dress their kids for dressed for that holiday you know it's it's pretty seasonal right so like holiday is like a huge huge toy business back to school's huge apparel business and then you have the holidays yeah it's a crazy market because it's super predictable, right? You have all these moments within the year. You have back to school, Halloween, followed by Thanksgiving, then Christmas, then spring break, then camp. Right. With adults, with fashion, I don't know if you're finding this because with your adults fashion on your site, but like it's changing all the time and the trends are changing and people, the way people are dressing is changing. But I feel like with kids, at least you can count on some consistency, right? For sure. For sure. Yeah. And then I think, and, and because they're growing, you can count on that customer to come back to you because they grow out of things. Right. And right. so they need, you know, as a, as a grown up, like you don't need more dresses, right. You probably have enough, but you, you continue to buy them as a kid. Like when you're buying for your kid, like they actually have to have a new dress or they won't fit into the old one. Right. They need new shoes or they can't walk. Right. right. So it's a really need focused intent which makes like our returns are super low because of that. And it's just a totally different behavior that is a, you know, from a business perspective, it's a really, it's a really really great model. Yeah. 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 Really makes sense. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm I'm so happy now. And I'm like, I need to get some new stuff for Sunny, but Sunny's also at the point where he doesn't want me to pick out his clothes anymore. Yes. Yep. Or whatever I pick out is not good. So now we need to go in a whole different style direction. He wants to look quote cool and like only wear dark colors now. And I have to just let him do it. Like I have to just, he wore to this. You have to. Well, yeah, we went to a one-year-old birthday party on Saturday. It was the cutest birthday party. It was like beach club vibe. Everyone's Uh all dressed up and there Sonny is in like his, in his his (laughs) Spider-Man Venom costume onesie 
with like high top sneakers and probably sweating out of his mind, but so committed yeah. to the character, you know, yeah. but it's like, whatever, you just got to let, let them fly. It's so true. It's like from, for, so he's turning five. It's like right around yeah. that age, like zero to four, zero to five. You can somewhat plan what they're wearing. And then that, that changes. And they're like, you know, especially with my, with my girls and my son is so picky. My son is yeah. like, all he wants to wear is comfortable clothes. So he's like, he's a sweatpant guy all the time. Oh yeah. Coat comfy cozies. I think oh, I've gotten Sonny into that. I feel like COVID did that to Sonny. Yes. He but it's just a boy to... thing. Like he's not interested. He's just like, is no, he doesn't want jeans. Doesn't want fancy Ugh. pants. He calls them yeah. fancy pants. Same. Same with my, my son is 10 and he calls them fancy pants. That's so funny. <laughs> In terms of taking care of yourself right now, like mm-hmm. what, how does that fit into your schedule? And what does that I look think like? I get, as I get older, because I'm like totally 40. I'm like, can't wait to be 40. And just, oh my God, dude. I'm like, I just want to be over with this pregnancy phase of my mm-hmm. life and just be mm-hmm. 40 and ready to embrace the rest of my life and not have to worry about this anymore. I think 40s are like truly that that stage for women. Like yes. I think everyone still looks great, right? They've yes. Like, they've, they've, they've like really grown into the like, okay, let's help our faces look a little bit better. Our bodies totally. look a little bit better. Like totally. in your 20s, you just like destroy your bodies. And you're like, I still look pretty good. And like now, (laughs) like I'm, I'm like more settled in my life. Like I'm, I'm not a struggling 20 year old, like trying to figure out my, my career aspirations or whatever. And like, you're kind of settled for me. It's like all preventative. Like, it's like, I make time. So it's, you know, I know I need sleep. Like I'm a person who needs a lot of sleep. And so like, I'll, I'll nap on the weekends when I have a moment. Like that's so restorative for me to have like a 30 minute nap. You know, like my husband makes fun of me, but like I'm a total granny during the week. And I'm like, I put my kids down and then I go to bed probably by 8.30 or nine at the latest. Yeah. And it's because I wake up a million times at night. So I like, I need that like head start. Right, right, right. right. I get like, I get a manicure every week because it's just like time to myself. Yeah, it's same. not because I particularly care what my nails look like. It's because it's like an hour that is set aside that I can just not do anything and get yes. like a 20 minute foot massage. Same. And it's just like Zen. And then like, I, you know, I think so. And then I like try to make time for my husband and I, so we have a date night once a week, which a lot of people think is crazy, but I love is my, one of my favorite times of the week. Aww. Like we will force ourselves to go out to dinner, like share a bottle of wine, like just, just be together in like a way that like we were when we were in our twenties. And it reminds us of like, maybe, you know, we still like each other. We still love each other. No, totally. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I know you forget that you're like, sometimes I feel like you become business partners Mm -hmm. and then it's not until you actually sit down and take the time to, yeah, I, I really want to do that. But like Timmy hates going out to dinner. Did you cook? What do you guys do? Yeah, I should. I'm going to, I'll cook for, he usually cooks. So maybe my husband is also the cook. Yeah. (laughs) So maybe it's something that like I could do, or even if we ordered in and just sat together after Sunny went to sleep. But yeah, that's what I'm having. Even that, like, yeah. Even if we stay in, it's like it's like light a candle, set the table, yeah. Like make it special. Have somebody else put Sunny to bed. Like just make it like a different moment, and it's so nice. Even if it takes you 20 minutes to do it, it's like truly so so important. Yeah, my parents had that with five kids. They went out to dinner every Saturday night. And yeah, I remember like 
it being like, really again? But it was so that my parents had a really strong relationship and it was so time great. for them to just like reconnect. And five kids. I mean, yes, what? I know. I don't understand. I mean, she oh I grew up in LA, like, well, she it was really close with her parents and her parents lived with us for part, yeah. part of the time. Okay. So obviously it's all about having those extra hands, you know, like yeah. you can't do it. Yeah. Even my mom who didn't have a job couldn't do it obviously by herself. Like no one can. No one can do it. And that's yeah. why, especially like in New York, it's like, I think that the reason so many people who live in New York have nannies is because like, they're not, they're all transplants, right? There's nobody here. Right. Like, and there's very few people here who like have their parents near them help to help them. them. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Ugh. Well, this was such a fun conversation. I love what you're doing as well on, on this podcast and just oh. having real conversations and and being a human, I feel like we are, we're, whether we're, we're working moms or not, or whatever we're doing, like we're all in it, you know, we're all yes. in it. And so there's like that common thread always. Um, and so I love that you're exposing these things and, and making women sort of embrace them and, and talk about them. So oh. thank you for having me. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you loved this episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. I'd love to hear what you think and anything more or even less you'd want to hear about. Tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. If you want to know more about what I'm up to, you can find me on Instagram at Whitney E. Port, my website, WhitneyPort.com, and my YouTube channel, Whitney Port. Peace in the streets. <laughs>